Housekeeping. All good. That was very sultry of you this morning. <laughs> it's about time you were a little more tender about it. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. A very chilly good morning to you, Bobby. Please. <laughs> Actually, 23! And that next voice in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, <laughs> Minnesota, someone who I imagine, like me has been laughing at all the people bitching about temperatures in the 20s. It's Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. I'm just trying to remember that everybody's circumstances are different. And if you think 23 is cold, you think 23 is cold. That's that's fine. I won't I've make had fun a hard, of you much. Yeah, I've, I've had a hard time not laughing at Amy when she talks about having to chip ice off her car for once in her life. Mm-hmm. We love you, Amy. It's not personal. It's just funny. I know. Tennessee doesn't get like that very often. Go listen to Earbuds and Earworms. There we go. I'll mm-hmm. put a put down, but a put up for the show. There you go. Nice we're going to do some up. LRB business. Actually, we're going to do more than a little LRB business, followed by maybe your week in review if we have time, housekeeping, and how to get involved with the show. This is a Monday. It is a TBTL week in review. If you haven't listened to Friday's show yet, you should absolutely go listen to Friday's show because it's a laugh riot. I say that. Uh, unabashedly as someone who's on it. We went through all the things that you have purchased on Amazon. I'm sure we didn't even find all the funny things, but boy, we found a lot of funny things. What I love is people who are posting on our Facebook page saying, oh yeah, that was me. That was me. Caleb (laughs) says that the men's eye cream for men really does work, Bobby. So you should get yourself some if you're worried about those dark circles. Is it really called men's eye cream for men? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I assume that they're trying to optimize the search engine results like uh-huh. eye cream men, men's eye cream. But uh, I was just telling Sam about this this morning. I took my glasses off. I showed her what I was talking about. She says, I'm crazy. Everybody looks like that. But, you know, I'm getting a little self-conscious. I'm getting older. Uh, I, I want my youthful exuberance. I want people to look into my eyes and, and see the eyes of a young man. So Maybe. I don't remember how much it is, though. That's going to be the real factor because Caleb Caleb is fancy. I'm not fancy. I don't know if I'm going to be willing to spend what he might spend on this. Southern gentlemen need know, need to know how to keep it looking good. Yeah, exactly. We'll oh, see, and, we'll see if you've made man. the investment when Ann rifles through your suitcase in Seattle. <laughs> uh, there's no way that my men's eye cream for men is coming to Seattle with me. Uh, I don't check a bag, so this is all three ounces or less on the mm. liquid front. Okay. In fact, one of the ways I save space on the suitcase is I'll often get somewhere and then just go buy a cheap bottle of shampoo and, and body wash um, because it's just not worth the hassle of hauling it back and forth. So enough about that for now. That's a segment to come. We've got too many segments to discuss now, uh, including uh, and our Harry Potter houses. <laughs> Yes. And I wanted to update people on that anyway, but then Megan posted the question on Facebook last night asking, how did the sorting come out? (laughs) And so, uh, as Christy said, never doubt Anne, because I am a Ravenclaw. I told you people I was a Ravenclaw. And of course, I turned out to be a Ravenclaw. And Bobby, 
uh, you are Slytherin, which is nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, you know, every time I've ever been given a talk in my life that starts with, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> it sounds like a conversation about those socks in my room when I was in high school. <laughs> we all know the only thing to be ashamed of is our bodies. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm Slytherin. I, I, yeah, I mean, I read the description. Um Cunning, resourcefulness, sure, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing about creeping on people on the internet, but I feel like that's, you know, interpreted well, through I, that. And I, I think that um, the Slytherin personality is one that's a little bit more political than other personalities. So I think of what you do for your day job with all of the people that you interact with and the fundraising that you do and the glad handing and the kind of dealing and managing personalities. And I think that fits very well into the the Slytherin archetype. It's just that a lot of Harry Potter's antagonists come from that house. So they kind of have a bad rap. And also right. she named it Slytherin, which is, you know, evocative. Right. Versus uh, Ravenclaw, which is you being both better than us and coyly <laughs> knowing that you're better than us. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going on instinct here. I don't know that much about it. I think I've, I've said it before. I read the first book years and years ago, not when I was a kid, when I was a young adult, and it didn't hold my attention. I have seen most of the movies, at least in bits and pieces, because of Sam, because of abc family weekend marathons but uh, i've never really invested myself so they get better they me. get better and more adult and more complex as they go along yeah, as i have her audience grows that. up mm -hmm. right i know nothing of this harry hobbit series so <laughs> i could be at any house um and i, was, I wouldn't know what that means I, and i think i should be in house cripple club that's that's my house you know, technically, I am in a house because the school that I went to in Switzerland, they didn't call them houses, but they had them, which were uh, more or less used to group kids in for sports things like the swimming uh, gala. We had a swimming gala every year and we did like a all school Olympics things, but ours were named after predator cats. So there were the cheetahs, the jaguars, the pumas and the lions. And I was a lion. Did y'all win the scarf juggling competition? <laughs> I don't remember there being scarf juggling. Hmm. See, in New England, if anyone tries to tell you what house they're from, it means they went to Harvard, and you just need to back oh. away from the conversation. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and we have more um, personal development to discuss on LRB mm -hmm. Business before we proceed, and that is your new nickname that I intentionally did not use in the introduction Mainly so I wouldn't fuck it up. <laughs> well, we're so still we workshopping, right? Okay. We yeah, I mean, we're accepting submissions. Well, Maggie made a post, and I, yeah, I'm looking at like a preview of the post, but because our our um, page is a page and not a group, I can't seem to open up the entire post, but her initial uh, suggestion was Anne Lovely Lundholm. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, but we don't sweet. want to diminish your your um, what you bring to the table emotionally, mentally, through your intelligence. To say lovely, we mean it with all of those attributes. But you know, we don't want it to sound like it's a physical beauty nickname. Mm -hmm. right. It can be. Wanna... It can be. I don't mind. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> we all know I'm the pretty one. Right. 
<laughs> yes, yes, we do. I was about to say because if a if a, a man with a creepy past in his fifties calls you lovely, that could be a little weird. <laughs> but then, good, Mike, good thing we don't know any of those guys. <laughs> you know what? At this point in my life, I think I'll take it. Ah. Well, certainly my favorite was Anne with a Plan, Lundholm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a good one. Yep. Uh, very simple, it's, very uh, elegant. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. It describes you perfectly. Yes. Although I am kind of fond, uh, Natasha said uh, Sherlock Lundholms because she's always Googling the stuff the rest of us are too scared to. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, your search engine history, your browser history has taken a pretty big hit for this show. Through oh, it's bad. Just from this week alone. Yeah. It's a good thing you're not married, Anne, or you wouldn't be married because your husband would go like, I'm sorry, what? Penis fingers? What? Did, I mean, what are you really into, Anne? Try not to not dig me? too deep there. All right, we have more. And with a plan, plans to come in business. But before we do that, we've got a couple of Jam Tracker updates. Uh, we have received some Jam money from uh, Kathleen Sullivan. Mike, can you give me a Washington State pronunciation on this community? Paulsbo. It is uh, just north of Silverdale, where Luke's parents live. Thank you. So thank you to Kathleen, and also thank you to Olympia's own Chief Baker Andrea Ballard, who has made another gift. To LRB completely unnecessarily gotten us out of more than a couple jams and uh, we're very grateful to her as well so Kathleen and I think you inspired that one Bobby because you you said you had you know like an announcement to make and she thought you were leaving the show and she immediately got on and was trying to bribe you to stay she was immediately so excited that the quality of the show was going to go up that she she wanted to buy stock buy low right now buy futures yeah buy LRB futures Yeah, I didn't mean to sound ominous. And in fact, I avoided even putting that like in the title of the episode because I didn't want people to think like, I mean, so for the last two months, as we've been telling people privately, I've been stepping up to them, kind of finding a private space and saying, hey, Sam and I have some news. She's not pregnant. (laughs) Right. Right. No cancer, no pregnant. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's good news. Oh, my God. Uh, But uh, yeah, Andrea, who was the purchaser of the hamburger wax sheets who uses them both for hamburgers because they get a cow but also to wrap caramels there we go caramels Mm -hmm. she says she's still perfecting because they're sticking to the paper and christy responded that she'll eat paper it's fine (laughs) well the the trick is to cut the wax paper down to size with some pinking shears (laughs) (laughs) they are conveniently right next to the hamburger meat so it all makes sense Thank you for getting us out of some jams. Uh, We appreciate that, especially because uh, we've got some big things coming up, including the 10th anniversary show next week. Anne and I will be in town with Christy and Jeremy and Phyllis, of course, and a lot of us will be convening before the live show at Rebar at Optimism Brewing, which is less than a mile away from Rebar, though most things in that part of Seattle are less than a mile away. Uh, we've been to Optimism before. We really liked it. It's a big open space. We're going to start in the mid-afternoon, get some day drinking and eating on. Um, Optimism has a BYO policy on food and I believe also on non-alcoholic beverages. There's usually some food trucks parked out back. So if you want to 
swing by the grocery store and grab a couple of different slices of cheese. And um, Mike, what else was on your snack plate last night? Uh, some pipcorn. Yep. Um, some uh, some blue diamond uh, nut thins. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what I got last time we were at Optimism. I'd had a couple of drinks and then I walked down to a grocery store and came back. But I think there was a cheese and olive tray in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. Bring whatever you want to eat. Come hang out. Have some of Optimism's great uh, brewed beverages or uh, sparkling water, which they also have on tap. And uh, enjoy some time with us. And then we'll all head over to Rebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like Tens are also working on some after show plans. So check out the Stens page for that. We'll put more on our page as the week goes on as well. Do I remember correctly that Optimism is open to dogs as well? You can bring your dogs? I I believe so. It is Seattle hipster-centric. So mm-hmm. uh, big open space, and I, I think dogs were cool. Yeah. I think that was a particular concern last time we went. We wanted right. to make sure. Right. Obviously, your dog can't come to the rebar if you have tickets. But, you know, if you weren't lucky enough to be able to score tickets to the actual show still come on down and hang out with us that'll be fun bring your dog and we're going to work on having um like a bluetooth speaker with the show broadcasting live either legally or illegally so that'll be going on as well or we'll all just be standing around on our phones with our earbuds in (laughs) yeah that too uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure your dog can only come to Rebar if your dog has tickets to the goth show after TBTL's <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind. And back to your Anne with a plan. Yes. We discussed a new LRB show series on the last episode that Mike still knows very little about. And uh, you're going to launch it for us now. I think so. I mentioned on Friday's show that I had an idea, but I wanted to talk to you guys about it off air in case it was a bad idea. And when I told you guys about it afterwards, minus Mike, uh, you and Christy and Meredith were like, yes, we're doing it. So there's no time like the present because we're going to need a little bit of time to prepare for this. And so what I am calling this is the LRB Pop Culture Challenge. And we're going to start it with any one of the hosts can challenge any one of the other hosts to consume some sort of pop culture. Uh, Ideally, it will be something that we think the other person will hate. Uh, And as an example, say we're talking about how much Luke loves the Oscar Peterson jazz trio. And Meredith's going, uh, jazz. Bobby, you could say, Meredith, I challenge you to listen to an Oscar Peterson trio jazz album that I will choose. And then uh, the two of you and anybody else who wants to get in on it will come back on a future show and talk about it. And it's not fair that you should just be able to challenge Meredith scot-free. She will also have the option to challenge you back with something for that same show. So she would say, Bobby, I challenge you to eat vegan for two weeks. And you would have to do it. Oh, (laughs) I shouldn't have let that slip. (laughs) And so the, the show would be the two of you discussing the Oscar Peterson jazz trio album and 
eating vegan. And any of the rest of us who wanted to take part in that would also have to do the challenge. And we'd schedule it out a few weeks so that any listeners could do it as well. Hey, you know that um, the scene in Sideways where Paul Giamatti's character is outside the restaurant before they go in to meet their double date and he screams, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Uh-huh. Um, my version of that would be I'm not watching anything with Winona Ryder in it. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> I'll quit the show before I do that. Well, maybe we'll have to come up with a veto option. Like if the challenge is just so heinous that you can't do it, you can have one veto or something. Like I was thinking about myself. If somebody challenged me to like watch the Saw movies, I don't know if I could do that. Because frankly, I'm such a chicken. It's not that I would hate the movie. It's that I wouldn't be able to sleep for three weeks. So (laughs) I think that would be fair. It also wouldn't make great radio. And this is all coming to head because we have to replace Phyllis. And apparently the only way we can replace Phyllis on our show with something interesting is by debasing one another's moral values. Yes, exactly. Through this challenge. (laughs) So, you know, we, we want to be good good radio we want to push one another's limits but we don't want to make one another miserable because that wouldn't be entertaining unless i think everyone would be pretty entertained if i were miserable <laughs> yes I unless think, I think people would be pretty entertained it's hilarious which is where my <laughs> my inaugural challenge comes because i want to challenge you mike to watch my crazy okay. ex-girlfriend which as people in the know will understand <laughs> It's not only a romantic comedy, it's not only on the CW, it's a musical. Uh, how many episodes are there? What's you have to the, watch three uh, episodes, the, the pilot, okay. and then the next two. And in return, I'll, if you want me to watch an equivalent amount of Shark Tank, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, or if well, you want me... Give me- if you want me to watch that Big Mouth cartoon that you've been talking about that I have a oh, that, zero no, interest good. in, I'll do <laughs> that's it. That's way too good. That's way too good. That's that's not a punishment at all. We don't, we don't so, need to put you on the spot, Mike. If you need time, we can, we I do. can readdress this You know, on the next episode. You can come back and let us know what you've all agreed to. Yes, but I, I want I to may, give... I may need her to watch some, some obscure sporting event, like maybe some Korean football or something. <laughs> or you know what? I'd watch the goddamn Super Bowl if that's what you made me do. Uh, I've never watched a minute of the Super Bowl in my life, including commercials, and I would hate every second of it, but I would do it. We would let Uh, Anne watch the Super Bowl, and it would be the year the Vikings get a home game of Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, she would probably actually watch that anyway. No, I wouldn't. What are you talking about? The town is going to be upside down over that shit. I do not Upside down. It's true. Shit's going to burn no matter what happens. Hmm. Okay, let me think about it. All right, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll announce my challenge back at you on next week's recap, which will feature Meredith and uh, Mike Farnan. Okay, that's good. Oh, by the way, as soon as I told Bobby and Christy and Meredith that this was what I wanted to challenge you to, Meredith and Christy said, "I want to be on that show." <laughs> Both of them immediately. Uh huh. You want sound, to see me hurt. You sound so thrilled. Everybody everybody likes to see me hurt. <laughs> the thing is, it's such a good show. 
I was watching two Fridays ago when Daryl was singing the musical number about how healthy his sperm singing. was. Yes, how healthy singing. his sperm was, surrounded by 50 backup dancers dressed as giant sperms. And I was like, God, Mike would like this. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> All right. So begins a new era in the world of Little Red Bandwagon mm -hmm. that may or may not find times to be related to TBTL. The gauntlet has been thrown by Anne, and we'll get more on that soon. Also, Mike, thanks for the forward promo. Those of us who are going to be in Seattle next week are getting the week off from the recap. So Mike and Meredith and Mike Farnan are going to step up. and uh, m and m and m M and M and M. Yeah, 3M. I like it. Nobody really knows what they do, but they have commercials on TV. 3M. <laughs> they make post-it notes and scotch tape. <laughs> but do you really need to have a commercial? And they never show any of that stuff in their commercial. Yeah. And do we have any throw your phone moments that we need to get on now before we jump into the Week in Review? We do. And I really debated a lot about whether I should raise this topic again because I feel like it's starting to be played out and people will be tired of it. But Mike just referenced it now from Justina. Mike, it's not that the $45 scissors can't cut plastic. It's that after <laughs> they cut the plastic, they can't cut fabric cleanly anymore. Power out. Yeah. and They're such great scissors. They can't handle a tiny piece of plastic. Yes, I know. You're never, you're never going to admit... That what you did was the worst kind of wrong. Uh, and I won't continue to hector at you about it any longer because it's not going to get us anywhere. But I do feel that we had two more pieces of information come to light this week that I would really be remiss in not sharing. Because, uh, number one, I really owe Emily an apology because I said that part of this was on her. Welcome for... to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I said that part of this was on her because she left the fabric scissors in the kitchen. Come to find out, she left the fabric scissors on the dining room table. And since it's an open concept house, you just counted that as the kitchen. So completely different thing. She did not leave them in the kitchen. She left them in the dining room like a normal person. No, 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 no. There's no real dining room in that house back on Richwood. It was on the dining room table, which happened to be located in the kitchen because it's all open thank uh, god the bathroom has walls or those toenail clippers <laughs> would never I, be the same i mean i i'm if i understand open concept i'm disputing that characterization but okay i just still feel that that i need to apologize to, for thinking that emily would ever be so foolish as to say leave uh, important scissors on the kitchen counter. So that's the one thing. Right. And well, the we other... didn't have enough counter space to make mistakes like that. And the other thing that that you alluded to just a few minutes ago that I feel is a very important piece of information, and I, all our crafters and quilters and sewers are going, "What is that?" They were in fact pinking shears. Pinking shears. I'm not going to yell about this, but pinking is that better shears. or worse? It's so much worse. It's so what? much worse. Because it's not even practical to use them now. Because for people who don't know, pinking shears are decorative, cut decorative edges. So they cut like a zigzag edge to something. 
And so the idea that you would see that and think that that was useful at all for cutting open ground beef packages, it's, it's kept my hands E. coli free. uh, I'm not mad. I'm just flabbergasted. (laughs) You're you're super mad. I mean, don't let's not. I'm tired of being outraged about this topic. (laughs) The listeners know when Andrew's mad and the listeners also know when Anne is mad. I'm just delighted by this revelation because the chat that we have running with some other tens is now titled Zigzaggy Fun Scissors. Right. I believe that was Dana trying to explain what pinking shears are. <laughs> right. Zigzaggy Fun Scissors. So I think that I've realized that you and I are just exactly as stubborn as one another, and I'm never going to convince you that you're wrong, and you're never going to stop insisting that you're not wrong. And so the only thing that we can do is bury this topic in the graveyard of LRB hopes and dreams and move on from here and try to be friends as best we can. Yeah. I think, I think we just, we, we balance this one out with your, your wrongness about the pizza towel thing. And then please, we're just square. I look, that is not its intended purpose. God, I'm like Luke. I'm sitting here thinking I shouldn't talk about this. I shouldn't go into this, and I'm going to do it. Let's, can we can we play some videos without um, previewing <laughs> them? About three or four of them with Guys, long intros and ads. Anna's no. right that it's Anna's right that it's time to bury the hatchet now. But Bobby, I have something to say. The hatchet was buried <laughs> because I used it to open some Italian sausage. Hmm. Just throw it in the dishwasher. What are you doing, Bobby? Don't waste it. Don't waste that hatchet. Bathroom towels are for drying wet things that are already clean. That's what I'm saying. Not for wiping things that are dirty. If you're going to do that, why don't you just wipe your fingers on the sheets? They're right there. Nothing disagrees. You don't even have to get out of bed to get the towel. Just wipe them on the sheets. Fuck, wipe them on the curtains. They clean those every once in a while. Get down there, wipe your face on the carpet. They vacuum it. Pizza yeah, towels. I know, that's awesome. <laughs> Guys, it's not a three-hour show. We really need to keep going. Okay. He just makes me mad. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Make Ann mad. Oh, new segment. I love it. Speaking of making Ann mad, let's start our week in review. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With Monday twenty five fifty raging for three, you'll notice I kept my notes on this episode surprisingly concise, uh, mainly because there wasn't that much actual content. I know I had a harder time uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. So this is the 10-year and one-day anniversary of TBTL. Luke is, quote, vibratory. Ugh. Not entirely sure what that means, but he's he's feeling it. Uh, and he lets us know our biggest concern from their two weeks off was this notion that he thinks he needs to be 183 at the live show. And uh, he's basing that not on the first night of TBTL, which Christy and many others fact-checked. And called him out on. He's basing it on a news write-up from the weekend before the first episode of TBTL, where we assume he took his weight and subtracted five and lied to the reporter. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I think this is a very convenient after-the-fact explanation. 
of this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally, I was doing it off this news article, guys. <laughs> hey, sure I you mean, were. Whatever. Um, there's some talk of that anxiety that comes at the end of a vacation, but we've delved into that before, so I don't think we need to again. Luke notes that this is also the 10th anniversary of his working on his book proposal. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and that he rented a cabin on Lummy Island, uh, wherein he mused if it's illegal for him to just stay there and never come back to society. I think he spent more on working on this book proposal than he will ever see from a book if it actually gets published. You mean just uh, in terms yes. of renting the cabin on Lummy Island? Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's done before he's done some other things like checked himself into hotels and whatever to try to do this thing. And it just it's seemingly never going to happen. Uh, Mike, you can enlighten us as the resident expert. When you just leave town and ditch a wife and a life, is that illegal? Uh, Well, I'm not sure if it's exactly illegal, but your wife can get a no fault divorce, which is pretty handy. (laughs) So this could be a. This could be a life raft for Carrie. Yeah, Which she can get out of it. Ironically, would be another boat from Luke. <laughs> mm. uh, there's some talk about uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, and this actually plays nicely into our first uh, throw your phone moment. Um, because they talk about the which which episode of that did they reference? There was a particular one, and it, it said. The the guy, um, Freaks and Geeks guy. Oh, the Judd Apatow one? I just watched that. Where he had uh, a problem with his audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I've really never... I watched a couple of those. I It's one of those things I always mean to go back into, and I think they're downloadable on the Netflix app. Yeah, they are. It, so I'd only ever watched the Obama one, which I enjoyed very much. And then Luke talked about it. And then I think, did Dana say that she was... Rewatching those, and then Netflix did the thing to me where it was like, "Oh, here you want to watch this, don't you? You really want to watch this? Come on, watch it!" And so I am, and they're great. Yeah, maybe for the Seattle flight, I'll put a bunch on my phone or laptop or something. Uh, then we have the Everlane sponsorship spot, which is just funny to me. I went and looked. I don't think they make clothes for fat people, so I don't no. think I can actually buy any of the clothes from Everlane. But nor do they make clothes for tall people. Okay, well, you, well and me, you and me together wearing our Not Ever Lane at the live event next week. Mm-hmm. The, the the fun thing about that ad is they talk about there's some sort of a, an app that allows you to dress like Luke and or Andrew. <laughs> no, thanks. Everlane's offering a new $90 pair of cutoff khakis with a belt. The belt is free. <laughs> it's included. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Call now. Here's the important part after that. We get Jen Flash Andrews, who in just a few minutes of time on the show brings back a flood of memories, including remembering the time she sang Borderline mm-hmm. on a Madonna mashup where they didn't have enough lines into the board to play all the different songs. The time during the writer's strike when they aired basically an entire episode of 30 Rock on the radio. Uh, and the recounting of Kelly O dropping the F-bomb on the air. All of these things, and yet they still managed to not get fired for over a year. Yep. And she thought that that they'd only be on there for six months while Frank Shires, the news junkie, regrouped (laughs) and uh, 
got his stuff back together for the most boring nighttime <laughs> news talk show in history, which is something that Frank Shires hosted for a while on Cairo. Thank God he didn't do that because we would have to do a weekly best of podcast of the Frank Shires regroup. Oh my God. Well, that would be much, much smaller time commitment for all of us. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment from this conversation was Luke noting that back then he had the confidence of a much younger woman. Pretty great. Uh, we get some details on the 24-hour pod van for the marathon. It's going to be an executive sprinter van with three qualified drivers working in eight-hour shifts. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and the crack engineering team from the mothership is working on a, an active call-in line on the van. Boy, I wonder. They're going through the pass to go get... Mm-hmm. Jen Andrews back and forth between weather and reception. I don't know. I mean, unless this is like a, they're going to put a satellite dish on this van. I, I wonder if they're going to be able to keep broadcasting live without line drops. I mean, we can't even record our own podcast without line drops. Right. We just had one. So <laughs> uh, the one time that I went through the pass during the winter in a rental rental vehicle which was an RV uh, that we rented in college to go to the uh, UW-Wazoo game in Pullman. Um, We slid off the road and into a ditch, and we all got smashed into one side of the the RV. So um, this could get treacherous. I'm glad they have professional drivers because we didn't. We had one of the guys in the house driving the thing, and, and that was not good. Yeah, and they're ready to put chains on the tires. Yeah, that's great. If needed. Uh, Andrew's been listening to old 2007-8 era TBTL clips, I'm sure with the help of Christy Wise, and listened back to a clip of TBTL covering Super Tuesday. A nice reminder that they used to be on the radio and have to actually cover news sometimes, even mm-hmm. though they hated it. And this was tied into the Rod Father telling them that if a dumpster's on fire, they need to go cover it. Technically, uh, the dumpster isn't actually on fire. That's an excellent point. It's the things in the dumpster. Right. Right. The dumpster actually, it probably does a nice job containing Contains the fire. fire. Dumpster fire. That's why a dumpster fire is not that great of a news story, because it's not going anywhere. (laughs) The irony of them not wanting to cover dumpster fires 10 years ago and what we have now. Uh Everyone also agrees it was great when they got to cut off early because of Sounders games or other sports events or sports Oh, I shows. hated it when they would get off early because it <laughs> ruined my night. Of course. Know? And Luke confessed. Well, Luke didn't confess. Jen told him. Busted that, him. Busted him for pre-taping the hour of show on the short nights so he didn't have to commit. Mm-hmm. We have a throw your phone I wanted to. I mentioned it earlier. This is from Heather on Bainbridge Island. Say she wanted to hug her phone. When Jen and Luke were saying goodbye on Monday's show and they were making plans for talking again, it reminded me of old times and the friendship they have and the fondness they have for each other came shining through, especially after Luke said that he recently rewatched The Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, there we go, and commenting on those two and their wonderful bond. Luke and Jen have a very similar vibe. I would agree. I think that's... Uh, a good observation from Heather because I also watched that episode of Comedians in Cars recently and she was delightful and they're clearly old friends and they did have a great vibe just like Luke and Jen. And I think the the best thing about um, 
people who you really connect with is, you know, you may not see them or talk to them for years, but within a minute, it's like no time has passed. Mm-hmm. Like you're are right back in the same spot and you can tell with them that's how it is. Yep. Uh, out of the moment, Luke is working on his quote, tasty meat packets. I don't remember the context for that. I just remember writing down tasty meat packets as a direct quote. No, Bobby, no. <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe I blocked it out. I'm curious how he opened them, but that's for a different show. Oh, God. Uh, Andrew went on a Twitter. Shitster you are, Bobby. Shitster. <laughs> Andrew went on a Twitter purge, including purging broadcast coffee from his personal account, because the best way you can let a sponsor of your employer know you love them is to drop them on Twitter. <sighs> Well, yep. what what's the thought process there? There wasn't one. It, there wasn't it's one. It's not it's not like the broadcast coffee guy is is part of the big rage machine that they seem so terrified <laughs> of on Twitter. <laughs> what is he coming on every day through on the broadcast coffee feed with some screed about politics or nuclear winter? I mean, think about it, man. Well, the problem Just is because you want to get your numbers down. I mean, it's every, a business decision. Every couple of days, he was tweeting at Andrew about how he could get a mortgage, and so <laughs> <laughs> this guy wasn't bothering anybody. And also, Jesus. it's like if Andrew had chose to unfollow Quip, nobody at Quip would have noticed, but he chose to unfollow no. the sponsor who is local and a fan of the show. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We love you, Barry. Don't let any of them get you down. We drink broadcast coffee in this house. I have a broadcast coffee travel mug. I have a broadcast coffee ceramic mug. I love broadcast coffee. And it's not just because I love coffee. Uh, I would say it's the best coffee coming out of Seattle today. Wow. Take note, Starbucks. I got to go follow Barry in broadcast yeah, coffee. Yeah, you do. Just to make up for Andrew's uh, fupa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was Jeremy who was quick to draw on the LRB Twitter account and let Barry know that we were still following him. Nice. <clears throat> Let's go to a voicemail. Uh, we got a follow-up from the listener who started in the United exit row and then got booted when the person who was actually sitting in the exit row showed up. He just called the follow-up to let us know that, that that's his strategy. Uh, and this led to, a- I just picture him getting, uh, I mean, by the, by the end of his adventure, just being all the way in the back row, right by the bathroom. Well, you Just know. getting moved seat to seat until you're full on in the middle of the stench. <laughs> Just you, all that's left is the bathroom. You have to sit in the bathroom for the entire. You have flight. to sit on the toilet in the bathroom. <laughs> God damn it! At least it's private. Um, this leads to uh, Andrew and Luke loving on Alaska Airlines, everybody's favorite airline, um, including Andrew telling the story that they were supposed to fly through San Diego to Hawaii on Christmas Day and. The crew that had to take the second leg couldn't get there because of weather or something. And the San Diego crew graciously offered to stay on through to Hawaii on Christmas. I'm sure they were crushed to spend Christmas in Hawaii. <laughs> I, mean, I get it, though. There, right. They probably wanted to get home. There are some families. flight attendants that, uh, hate their, that hate their families right yeah, there. Exactly. That's, that's about four people that really dislike their families. <laughs> uh, they talk about an article based on costs from Alaska and pilots being douchey. And we'll leave it at there because um, – we don't have a lot of reason to think that that was an accurate article Mm-mm. and uh, we love Alaska airlines. So screw you. Anyone who says otherwise, Luke hates flying without status. <laughs> he hates anything without status. 
as as you guys mentioned and we discussed, uh, I'm going to be banking away some old, some JetBlue points pretty quickly here. I just booked eight flights last night. We're starting to get Ooh. the the calendar fired up, mostly with points actually because we've been stockpiling for a while. And uh, there is no status on JetBlue. There is no first class. There is no lounge. But I will take free flights from them anytime. So uh, mm-hmm. until Alaska starts flying Boston to Buffalo, which probably isn't going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Going to be banking away those JetBlue That's points. not on their hot list. That's no. not on there. The only time a, an Alaska flight landed in Buffalo, as far as I know, is the time uh, there was a fire in one of the garbage cans. <laughs> and they had to land. And they landed in Buffalo. So I guess that could be a thing. I could just book a flight to Seattle and then start a fire. It seems like somewhat was, of a risky strategy, Bobby. A little bit. I was pretty excited. It was probably about five, six years ago when Alaska established a nonstop from Austin to Seattle and vice versa. And I was like, this, this is a game changer. And I did take that flight a couple times before yeah. I got poor and crippled. Eh. You, you can take pretty much a seat on the plane. Now leg room is a non-issue for you. <laughs> right. They can, they can back their seat right into my, um, my polyurethane fucking cups. Oh, but I tell you <laughs> what, if you're sitting there and someone uh, puts their seat back, then you just go, ah, and when they look oh, back we to always see do that. what's happening. <laughs> but think about how bad they're going to feel when they see who it is. I mean, they've crushed yeah. what's left of your legs. I know. And th- that's that's when Emily's moves, too. She likes to yell when they when they <laughs> put the seat back right into their ear. And my my move is when they back, when they put their seat back and their head is basically in my lap is I start pretending I'm I'm they're at a salon and I'm washing their hair. <laughs> like I get the sprayer going. Be so weird massage. to have a, a head massage and shampoo from a war veteran sitting behind me with no legs. I've changed my story. The next time someone thanks me for my service, I say, "Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I, I never served in the military. I was running the Boston Marathon a few years ago, though, and Holy things went horribly shit. wrong. <laughs> and they'll say, are you Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll leave that one there. On to no-point conversion. Uh, according to David from the basement, the Seahawks just didn't have the pieces, um, which I don't think is something we need to analyze, Mike. I'm sure that's a conversation yeah. we could have. Um. There is Blair Walsh chalk, and I'll just keep saying the same thing I've been saying about kickers all year, which is that, yes, they got screwed by their kicker, but if you're leaving it to your kicker, you're not leaving yeah. yourself a lot of wiggle room. You're you're not dominant, and you're not a Super Bowl team if your kicker's winning you a lot or losing you a lot yeah, of games. exactly. Um, they need to reload, not rebuild, says David. Although, later on in the episode, he gives his prediction, which is that in a year, they'll need to rebuild. <laughs> What's the difference between reloading and rebuilding? Isn't it just semantics? Uh, re- no. Reloading is thinking that you can make some moves to be ready next season, and rebuilding is understanding that it's going to take a few years and that you really and need you to. And you just you you dump your you dump all your veterans and yeah. draft young guys and try to try to be good in three or four years. It's really more of a baseball approach when you're looking at a real mm-hmm. rebuild. Astros, yeah. Astros, Success. well, I would say Cubs, except they were bad for so long first. It's hard yeah, to tell what the rebuild they, started. They were on a 100-year rebuild. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line was terrible. That's nothing new. Uh, we are all Oof. Vikings now, says Luke. That makes sense. Um, 
you know, at least for Seahawks fans. Except Anne, she hates the Vikings. Well, yeah. I don't hate the Vikings. I am indifferent to football. Yeah, well, you know. Hates the Vikings. I don't know what I want. I guess I want everyone to just try to beat the Patriots. And speaking of beating the Patriots, Luke says he thinks the Titans can beat the Pats. I didn't, yeah, it was a tight one. It was yeah, really a tight one. I didn't have to watch the game last night. I didn't know how wrong he was going to be about that. Titans um, went up 7 nothing, And then stopped scoring. Forever. Uh, well, <laughs> until it didn't matter. Oh, right. They got a they, garbage. They, yeah, they got a touchdown at garbage time. Speaking of garbage time, is Katie Nolan's podcast back yet? We should just do that for No Point Conversion. Yeah. She's, She's even despite being a Patriots fan, I like her show. Um, Luke takes a shot at the Bills because of Hauschka coming to the bills and all i'm going to say is well one of us made the playoffs this year so yeah fuck you and Hauschka didn't blow a bunch of games for the bills right uh i have a note now in, in here we're about two hours into this episode which amazed me because we reached this point in the conversation and i thought how the fuck are we going to get another hour mm-hmm. of content and oh here- right because you knew in advance from seeing the time Ex- exactly i knew it was going to be three hours so that was really yeah. it i only have two more lines of notes from the entire next hour Hugh Jackson, uh, Hugh Jackson, we want him to stay, except we want him to go. Uh, the Browns parade was embarrassing for all involved. Uh, in 2018, the guys gave their predictions. David sees the Seahawks going eight and eight. And then really looking at themselves closely, the Browns going seven and nine. I would say that's optimistic. Hmm. Andrew has the Hawks going eight and eight and the Browns going five and 11. I would say that's optimistic. <laughs> uh, Luke has the. The Seahawks going 10 and 6 and making the playoffs because, of course, he does. Mm-hmm. He did not give a Browns prediction. Then they say they're going to talk about the Mariners, but they don't really. They have conversations about um, how they're going to sleep before and after the uh, 24 hour show. They talk about the microchips, the sensors in the shoulder pads of football players for their speed, measuring that kind of stuff. And then they ran out of time to thank donors. <laughs> that's pretty great three hours and they don't think the donors um yeah the the chips in the shoulder pads just it just makes me mad because why isn't there a chip in each end of the football um so we'll know when it crosses the goal line and we don't have to sit for 25 minutes while the folks in new york figure it out it makes me crazy <clears throat> and did you have any hot takes or did you want to give a seahawks <laughs> or browns 2018 prediction um, honestly, I was listening to this while I was making graphs at work, so I know that they were talking. It was about <laughs> as far as I got with the no point this right. week. They were respirating and talking. Mm-hmm. You were able to um, listen to the deep analysis of those numbers, and it didn't distract you from doing number work? It it did not. Mm-mm. That's it for me for this week. <laughs> well, uh, before before we move on to Tuesday, um, I I have a prediction for uh, the Seahawks, and that is ten and six uh, next year, and probably narrowly missing the playoffs in a terrific NFC. And uh, for the Browns, I will quote Clubber Lang uh, from Rocky Three. Uh, my prediction for their season: pain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Tuesday, 2551, where have all our singing politician go? L, Luke, hey, L, I, well, this this week had me losing my mind. Uh, I have to be honest. The, the, the show made me really crazy a few times. 
Um, Luke has lost all of his emails because uh, of a janky GoDaddy setup. He didn't. He wasn't paying his bills, um, so he blames GoDaddy for <laughs> deleting his emails. <laughs> so they're they're all gone, which is great because he was never going to look at them anyway. Right, right. And it causes him to vow to start reading and responding uh, to the listener emails. Um, and, and this is what he claims he's going to use his formerly Twitter time to do. And we will see that he sticks to it for at least, at least till the end of the week. Um, can I read a throw your phone from Kalina? Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I was about to do the same thing. She says, Luke says he's going to start answering his TBTL emails. La, 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 laughs self to death. (laughs) Oh, R.I.P. Kalina. We did love you. <laughs> so part of what what is lost, um, and the, I think the only thing that Luke used the email for was to come up with some music for music for your weekend or for closing the show. So he needs music. So if you haven't um, been sending in your daily uh, Avid Brothers, Avid Brothers, I can never figure that one out um song uh get back to doing that because luke appreciates getting his daily music from you um they come back with a dolly parton song and there there's some talk of luke and carrie's christmas card was a some sort of a parody representation of an album cover uh from willie nelson and dolly parton did either one of you look that thing up that album no was it willie nelson or was it kenny rogers because andrew said one and luke said the other kind of kenny rogers makes a little more sense with islands in the stream right yeah because like willie nelson is a more i don't know i'll get in trouble with country music fans but i i think willie nelson is a real country music person and kenny rogers kind of weak so I don't think Willie Nelson would make like a Christmas album or whatever with Dolly Parton, but uh, well, could I be mean, completely I, I, wrong. But there's money to be made there. Oh yeah, yeah. I think a I smart mean, you don't producer would leave a buck on the table. A smart producer would say you can sing "White Christmas" or whatever, right? Just you know, yeah. That that's an easy album to throw together. I think Dolly Parton and anyone right. could have put together a duet Christmas album. I mean, you can leave bongs all over the table, but don't leave any money on that table, Willie. <laughs> Um, so uh, somebody asked Carrie to post that Christmas card and I never saw it, Mm-mm. but, uh, she did. She posted it, but did well, she post cool. it on the Stens page or did she post it on her page? Cause I'm not friends with her, so I wouldn't see it. It's on the Stens page, but thank you for not being creepy. <laughs> Actually, I, say that. I think I am. Facebook am I a creep her, because but... I'm friends with Carrie? Am I a creep? I'm no, a, you're a creep for life. all sorts of other reasons, Mike. Okay, great. Yeah. great, great, great. I'm also Facebook friends with her. I, I don't claim that to be why I'm a creep. Mm, let's see. Um, so there's a lot of talk now about Dolly Parton and the Sly Stallone vehicle, Rhinestone. They play the trailer, and uh, Sylvester Stallone is predictably, and of course in the in the plot of the movie, very bad at uh, singing, particularly country music singing. Um, there's a long tangent from... Luke about uh, the Jack Roberts appliance and he plays the Jack Roberts appliance commercials. This is um, not the first um, 
YouTube uh, diversion of the week, but um, one of many. He talks about how he, I think this is a story he's told before about when he went on an overnight at the Jack Roberts um, appliance uh, that guy's kid and he he spilled his pork and beans in into the into the bed it sounded like they had one of those pull out uh, pull out beds like me and my brother had and he just decided to dump the whole thing in there the whole pork and beans in there so i guess he probably didn't get invited back to probably to not that joint. <laughs> yeah. uh andrew's now obsessed with rhinestone um so we're gonna hear more about that later in the week i think uh Let's see. Uh, Luke, for some reason, starts playing a Charles Kralt video about a mall in Kansas. And now he wants to go to the mall and maybe get a Scarface mirror. Um, Well, he had to play that video, Mike. It was right there on the sidebar of suggested videos in YouTube. Is that that what what we're doing? What was he supposed to do? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Uh-huh. We're just, any <laughs> video that shows content. up on the sidebar. Sure. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you poke around and do at two in the morning when you can't sleep. It's not what you put out as a show into the world where people are contributing money. I mean, th- this week's shows actually made me angry, but I'm not, I'm going to pull the nose up on the negativity train and, and soldier on. Uh, Luke is going with, uh, David from the basement to the Shape of Water movie, the weird the weird movie that's getting lots of Oscar buzz. I I find that such a pretentious title. I don't know if I could say that to get a ticket. Oh, the Shape of Water. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. I hate movies with pretentious titles. Three Billboards won the Golden Globes. Um which I thought was, was uh, I guess, in Luke's face. Uh, maybe Andrew felt vindicated by this. I don't know. He didn't gloat about it, which, to his credit. Um, there's, a, there's another, there's another, um, there's an, there, as they go to, to the donors of the day, Luke says, by the way, I have a story about my printer, you know, and I'm like, every time I hear by the way now, makes my skin crawl because even if it ends up being a good a good tangent or, or diversion mm-hmm. the by the way has me pre-irritated yeah i i think it's probably not so noticeable for everybody else who's just listening but for, for those of us who are taking notes the instant he says by the way i'm like oh god now my notes are screwed yes because you end up having to you know hear hear the tangent or then he on this particular one he's like wait i'm going to have a tangent uh-huh. <laughs> which is even worse if you're taking notes like okay where do we insert that oh it's so crazy making mike just just pass over it he said that printer ink is a racket 37 listeners emailed him saying buy a black and white laser printer it's done yeah 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 true Thank you, thank you, helpful listeners. I, I, I really hope that his inbox is just so full of <laughs> obvious bullshit that he eventually quits reading. But Bobby, the flaw with this method of covering this tangent is that we don't get to talk about how they don't understand that cyan is a shade of blue. 
I have to admit, the first time I saw cyan, I was like, what the fuck is cyan? Why don't you just say blue? Uh, if you if you want to know how nerdy I am, when I was in college, I had a t-shirt that came free from a printing vendor that said, printers dream in CMYK. Mm-hmm. And each yep, of the letters pretty nerdy. was the color. I loved that t-shirt. And it was on, it was a brown t-shirt because brown's pretty much the only color you could print those four colors on where they all right. pop. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I loved that t-shirt. That makes sense. But, you know, when first time I saw Cyan, I was like, like the guy in office space, like PC load letter. What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> Still don't really know what that means. Luke is into jazz and uh, Pandora still. Um, the new sponsor makes good clothes and we can all dress alike. As I mentioned before, we can dress like the guys. Uh, there's a, there's an email about, um, about the, uh, I think it's about the 10th anniversary show, something about disappointingly responsible. Honestly, remember, remember the last couple of weeks when I would go through my notes and, and I would be crystal clear on what everything was because they had a plan and they stuck to topics and they I'm back to not understanding a couple of my notes and that's that's what this one I I I don't really understand. Um uh, it's not worth dwelling on. Okay. Um there's a voicemail from someone who wants to know whether they're a 10, a 10 and a half or an 11 uh based on some of their activity. Um I'd say if you're asking the question and you you don't actually listen to the show, you're probably an 11 because mm-hmm. she admitted that she doesn't listen to the show anymore. So No, she said she stopped for a while, but then came oh, back and now listens regularly. Okay. Yep. She took a okay. break. I say that then you can be a 10. Yeah. But, but uh, you shouldn't be insecure. Don't be insecure. No, if you're, if you're listening to the show by your own choice, yeah. then you're a 10. Yeah. You're not just secondhand listening. You're You're a 10. There's an email. Uh, was this from Andrea Ballard? It was. Mm-hmm. Okay. About returning uh, ice cream. She said she had a, a friend or a family member that um, when they dumped their ice cream, they always took it back and made the people replace it because they said it was improperly put in the cone. I'm flabbergasted um, at that. I don't think I'd have the balls to do that. No. You know? I like, I wrote down in my notes. Who drops ice cream and thinks it entitles them to more ice cream for free? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> you got a little too aggressive with your tongue there. So I think you 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 had something to do with it. You're you're not you're not without blame in this situation. Mm-mm. If you if you were licking it properly, it would be fine. Sounds like my last day. <laughs> I wasn't um, gonna say it. <laughs> I literally just put my hands up in the air. I wasn't gonna say it. It wasn't me. Luke recalls a time he dropped a shake at Burger King and they they replaced it when he was a kid, but admits that as an adult, um, you would just go, I dropped the shake. My fault. I'll go buy another shake if I want more shake. And he also dumped a a whole movie theater soda into his lap at a theater theater when he was a kid. This is awful. That's terrible. This story made me uncomfortable. (laughs) Because I just imagine, you know, you're at the movie. The most fun thing for me when I was a kid was going to a movie. I didn't care what the fuck the movie was. You know, it was so great to go to a movie, get my red vines, whatever. And to have to sit 
in basically having cold peed yourself, not just peed yourself. Because like the only the only like better thing about peeing yourself than dumping a soda is at least it's warm. You're sitting in in cold fucking soda. That's awful. I probably wouldn't stick it out. I'd probably leave. I know. I was a big lever. Whenever I was uncomfortable with anything, including sleepovers, I would just walk right out the door. The problem is that you don't have as much agency as a child of a certain age. So Mm -hmm. you can leave, but how far can you go? Is it better to just sit with it? Or is it better to like be in the lobby of the movie theater for an hour? You know? Well, I think I would, I would walk, I would walk home if that were possible. And I would, Throw my pants over the fence. <laughs> That's your go-to move. Yeah, it really is. There's a there's a really piss-soaked is. wardrobe on the other side of that fence. It's a whole outfit. Luckily, their neighbors didn't k- take care of their backyard. It was just, it's a disaster back there. They could never pin it on me. Luke peed his pants in school because the teacher told him to hold it. That's a great move, by the way. I wonder how many times that backfired on the teacher. Hold it. Tell mm-hmm. a kid to hold it. <laughs> Come on. There's a certain there's a certain age range where you can hold it. You know when when <laughs> there's a window when you can hold it pretty well. But that doesn't include being an old person or being a very young person. Don't mm-hmm. tell those people to hold it. Make get them to a bathroom as soon as possible. Or being two blocks from your house. That's <laughs> the hardest. <laughs> You could, I could be driving home from Boston. I could have been in the car for an hour and yep. a half, but I get about two. I get off the highway at the exit a few blocks from my house, and suddenly I need a bathroom like there is yeah. no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time I peed my my pants as an adult when I was I was driving through uh, Kent on my way. I think I was coming back from the peninsula, and I lived in Tukwila, and so I was driving through Kent, and there was a shell station there. And I was just like, nah, I can make it. And as soon as I passed the exit, dead standstill traffic. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, I was like seven or eight miles from home, but I was not moving at all. And then I didn't pee myself in the car, but um, I, par- I parked the car and I walked up the steps to my apartment. And as I was walking up the steps, it just floodgates open. Yep. And just I just fucking peed, peed, my, peed my pants. That's what you get for playing chicken with your bladder. <laughs> it was it's my fault totally my fault but yeah because you're getting near home and and your your body goes um okay let's go yeah and yeah it's kind of like when you're i'm one of those people when like i'm out of town my some of my digestive system kind of shuts down and like saves itself for home and so like that that drive back from the airport yep you know, when you turn into your neighborhood, your your body's going, uh, if you don't get on the toilet within three seconds of getting in the house, I'm going to make big trouble for you, mister. Anyway, on that note, with that. <laughs> Let's go to Wednesday, number 2552, Countdown to Cheese Town. Luke starts the show by talking about how silly he feels for watching some YouTube series called Miranda Sings. I've never even heard of that, but okay. Uh, They talk about what they've eaten today, and I mentioned to you guys before we started that there are two things I don't want to talk about on the show today. One is what they are and are not eating, and two, whether they are or are not going to be on Twitter. 
As far as the Twitter goes, as my mother always elegantly says, either shit or get off the pod. Be on Twitter Mm -hmm. or don't be on Twitter, but don't talk about how you don't know if you want to be on Twitter. So I'm going to feel so bad. (laughs) I'm going to try and glide over Twitter talk as much as possible. Um, As far as food goes, the only interesting thing is that Luke doesn't like taking food samples at the grocery store because it makes him feel uh, the same as it does in office situations where uh, free food shows up and it's like a feeding frenzy. And these are all professional people who presumably have enough money to buy whatever kind of food they want and they just go crazy for whatever kind of weird free food comes along. And I can see his point on that. There is a lot of shitty free snacks that come around that people fall all over themselves to eat and i do feel i hate it for a different reason though well like i mean i hate it in costco because it creates a jam yes you know Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna run over somebody's ankles with my fucking cart because because they're clamoring to get like a little smoky like come on Go home and make something to eat, you dummy. I'm on the other side of the fence on this. I don't think that's a surprise. I, yeah, I feel Mr. like... Mr. Snacks. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, first of all, you get a variety that you're not going to get. I don't want to buy an entire bag of frozen pierogies. I want the one pierogi, and it's right there. Um, the sample get game... Get out of my way, Bobby. The, I'm going to ruin your Achilles. The sample game and in the Pacific Northwest is really... It's on point too. I mean, I don't know. We've been we have BJ's Wholesale Club here, and we have Sam's Club, and I've been to these places. But when Will took me to, I think it was the Sam's Club in Kent or nearby there, um, it was like a whole lunch. I mean, we were just we were walking around, and the samples were so, um, so, so ample and so such a broad variety. It was like going to a lunch buffet, and and it was like, well, you paid for a membership to be here, so. You're getting your lunch out of it. But it wasn't a cheapness. It was just, it was a delight. I think it's so wonderful that you and Will went on a date to Sam's Club. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it was a special moment. Um, I admire his cheapness as well. Yeah. Uh, I also do this at the mall. Uh, We'll go, if the food court's busy, I don't like food court food when it's not busy. But I like food court, mall, mall food court food when it's busy because, you know, it's all turning over pretty quick. Right. And... I will go on something that I have named the chicken run. Sam will just watch. He wants nothing to do with this. But I'll walk through the food court and I'll try the six or seven different samples. And it's always a different chicken. It's the Chinese food chicken and the Thai food chicken and the the chicken Philly from the sub shop. And, you know, and then I'll be full. That's my lunch, the chicken run. It's like mm. the cannonball run of free samples. Hmm. <laughs> I think the reason that I feel uncomfortable with food samples is because um, I don't like having marketing and sales techniques worked upon me. I mean, that's the whole Mm -hmm. point of it, right, is to sell the food. And so when you sample it, you are entering into a tentative contract, unspoken contract with the person. Here, I'm going to give you my food for free, and in return, you're going to buy some of it. And I'm never going to buy any of it, and I feel... Like I'm taking advantage of the situation, even though they know full well that most people aren't going to buy anything because of it. I I still feel like it's a relationship that I don't want to be in. So I just I thought of something that. that might might be pretty entertaining for myself once I'm once I'm back um, in those back in the Costco situation. 
like when whenever I suggest something to Emily, something, some food to Emily, and and she's just not into it or whatever, you know, just something even very inoffensive. She'll make a a, a gagging, you know. She'll be like, oh, you know. <laughs> so I'll just walk up to the samples, and I won't. There will be no obligation to. I'll feel no obligation to buy if I. If I just barely choke down whatever it is, oh, oh, or just spit it into the wastebasket. Like, oh, God, this stuff is terrible. Oh, are you sure this is still good? What's the expiration on this? Oh, my God. Was, are you sure this was supposed to be uncooked or cooked? I'm sure you're just a delight to go shopping with. So watch, watch for my performance okay. uh, in Costco. Well... If we want to talk about people who do like food samples, we got to go to Walt and Susie Burbank because, of course, they make a meal of sample opportunities because of their cheapness. They also like to go to Ikea for lunch, although there was some speculation on the Stens page about the closest Ikea to them and how that can possibly be a financial win for them if they have to spend that much in gas to get there for right. the cheap Swedish meatballs. I'm down um, with the with the meatballs. Like, we when our, our Ikea is really far away, but when it, if Emily sends me there, I will um, sometimes even forget that I'm there to get whatever item it is, and I will eat, and I'll be walking out to the car, and I'm like, oh, wait, I got to go back in and get that shelf. Oh, you know, because oh, I'm so into that. See, my problem is not with the cafeteria food, it's that my Ikea just added a bulk candy section in the food oh, area with yeah. like weird Scandinavian gummy candy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, oh, I tell myself I'm only going to get just a couple of whichever kind. But if, when you get a couple of 50 different types of weird gummy candy, you end up with this giant bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty obsessed with that little grocery area. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's you good also stuff. have to remember uh, for them going to Ikea, isn't just about the cheap meatballs. It's about sharing the good word of the Lord with Elsa right. and Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that takes us back into that story about how they would go to the way out of the way random gas station after church to get the cheaper milk. And they ended up converting that guy who worked there to their church. And Andrew said what was my particular favorite line of the entire week, was, which was, that's the holy grail of Christianity. And then he goes, oh, I guess the holy grail is the holy grail of Christianity. Yeah. They, if they have nothing else covered, they have the holy grail covered in Christianity. Yep. And of course, Luke was embarrassed at the uh, amount and type of proselytizing they did, which I would have been too. Uh, yeah. Luke is in love with bread cheese. This is the only food he's eating this week that I'm going to talk about at all, uh, which is a Finnish cheese and traditionally made from reindeer milk, though from what I was reading about it, American manufacturers not having so many reindeer to get at uh, are using cows for some I of this. I'm going to try this. I, it sounds good. And he's yeah. now uh, making bread cheese I don't think we can call them sandwiches, but with the bread cheese and basil and pizza sauce and toasting it up. And Andrew says he does not hate the sound of it as much as he thought it would, considering that it's cheese. Uh, so good for him. That takes him to their talk talk about uh, their favorite kind of restaurant. Luke, again, says that he wants a restaurant called Burnt Edges to get all the crispy edges of things. We got an anonymous <laughs> throw your phone that said, 
It's not called Edge. It's called Burndies. And they have a Facebook page. Yes, that concept has been established a long time ago, Luke. Get on that wagon. Uh, And Carrie's restaurant would be called Warm because she's so cold all the time. And she's a real trooper. She doesn't make a big deal about it. She just suffers in goosebumps and silence. I would hate that restaurant. Like 100 degrees? I I immediately lose my appetite when it's too hot. I'm like, okay, I'm not spending any money here. It sounds very romantic, though. Every table's by a fireplace. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> yep. I I do have I I have a an amendment to the to the anonymous listener's submission it's not called edge it's called burndies. The difference at burndies is that we will take your entree to the next step. We won't just burn the edges. We will incinerate yeah. the entire goddamn yeah. meal. <laughs> We're burning the whole thing. And if you're not happy, we'll burn the restaurant down. That's right. My goodness. A uh, top story for the day is that the uh Gym, a company, Lifetime, what Luke calls Lifetime Gym, it's called Lifetime Fitness, uh, has decided that they won't be playing any political channels anymore. Guys, guess what gym I go to? Uh, Lifetime Gym? I do. I go to Lifetime Fitness. I was there yesterday morning. Uh, Guess what channel is playing? CNN. So... Shouldn't they be playing Lifetime? uh, They (laughs) do. They play either Lifetime or the Hallmark Channel. I can't remember. It's. I think that their uh, choices for the TVs are a tiny bit different there because it's the one and only Lifetime that is women only. Um, Okay. And I don't go there because it's women only. I go there because it happens to be convenient to me, and I kind of like that it's women only. Uh, But curves, but with the machines. Exactly. Yep. It's it's a completely regular gym. It's just. I think it was one of the first Lifetime Fitnesses, and it's in the basement of a strip mall, so they couldn't expand to add men if they wanted to there's just no Mm. room for it but i do like the fact that it is refreshingly free of all those gender politics there's no like bros uh, crowding the weight rack and there's no creepy guys who wait until a cute woman gets on a a machine and then goes and gets on the one behind her so he can watch her while she works out there's no little so you're saying there's only a limited number of uh, barbed wire tattoos in this, uh, I can't this recall seeing any. There's no ladies who are just there in their teeny tiny workout outfits uh, looking to get a date. Uh, mm. It's just I'm out. <laughs> ladies of all shapes and sizes uh, wearing whatever the hell they feel like getting good workout. So it's nice. But I don't know that they would necessarily play Lifetime on a regular at a regular right. lifetime facility because it's all ladies apparently. One time I came in and they changed it to ESPN and it was like a Sunday and they were showing showing a bowling tournament and I was like, "Really? Really?" Hmm. There's a certain kind of lady that appeals to you very much. I think a, a lifetime network owned gym would just be a class-oriented gym where every hour you run away from a guy that you went on one date from the internet with and then he started following <laughs> you home. <laughs> I mean, you build your stamina real fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they talk about what the best thing to watch at the gym is. Andrew says baseball, which I think is a terrible answer. Yeah. I love baseball, and I agree with Luke. It's just too slow. I think it would be really boring and make the time drag on. Uh, Luke says his answer is college basketball, which is a much better answer as far as I'm concerned. And he likes to pretend that he's actually in the game as he 
watches it. Um, my experience is that I was at the gym once and I was trying to watch like a, a Law and Order or an NCIS or one of those procedural shows. And I kept getting distracted by the TV next to it, which was playing Dancing with the Stars because it mm-hmm. was all color and light and movement and like flashing. And after 10 minutes, I was like, well, fine. And I gave up and I switched over to watch Dancing with the Stars. And after about 45 minutes, I realized I was going so hard on the elliptical because mm-hmm. of all the movement and the dancing and the music. And I was like, oh, this is a good workout option. So I used to watch Dancing with the Stars a lot at the gym. And it was the only time I was ever interested in it. Hmm. Do you put in your earbuds to the TV channel or do you listen to something else and just watch the screen? Uh, lately, I haven't been bothering with the TVs at all. I'm not mm-hmm. finding them very, very interesting. But, you know, you just you tune your radio to whatever channel that TV is so that you can right. listen to it. But I'm not really very interested in watching an image but not hearing the sound that goes with it. I'll actually, um, if Food Network is on or like travel channel with some food show i'll totally watch that because it's just sort of a masochistic element to my workout (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's not a bad idea yeah um luke talks about i guess really how he doesn't enjoy exercise at all it's not for relaxing and fun it's like a job that he has to trick his brain into doing Uh, I agree, Luke. I agree. There is no fun in exercise for me. And when he runs, he often chants to himself, heart, hat, lunch, pail, over and over and over again (laughs) to keep himself in the game. I thought that was really good. He says you can allow yourself to walk if you're going out for a jog. If you need to, you can let that happen. But you just cannot walk down your street because Doris is probably watching you out of her front windows. And you have to right. you have to keep up appearances for your 96-year-old neighbor. That brings... Yeah, because you know she, she's killing it on the <laughs> yeah. on Andrew, stair climber. Andrew tells a story about uh, one time he was walk jogging I guess by Green Lake and a a friend who was riding the bus or something saw him. And then later she talked to him about it and said, Oh, I saw you jogging. And he found it really humiliating because I mean, he really can't jog. He just, he just walks. I had that once where uh, before I started working out at all really, and I wanted to get into it. I went running one day, like in July in the middle of the day and it was 95 degrees and I was so hot. And as I was running through my neighborhood, this couple was out walking and the lady said to me, keep going, you can make it. But I'd only been running for like five minutes and it was so embarrassing that I looked bad enough. That you look like you're about to die. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because... That's what they tell people on mile 24 of the marathon. Yep. Like, Come on, keep going. You know, these people are like shitting their pants and they're, <laughs> they yep. just look like they're about to keel over. That was me at the five minute mark. So right. thanks for the encouragement, lady. Um, I tried uh, several times in my life to um, take up running uh, just to be like in better shape for playing basketball and those kind of things. And I found it to be even when i had headphones or something to listen to just torturous yep. just the yep. most boring awful thing and fortunately for me i think there was something wrong with my stride or something some somebody probably could have coached out of me 
but when I would jog or, or, or run, you know, anything less than like full speed in sports running, my back would start to hurt really oh, quickly. So, so good. that was, that, that what was great for me because then it was an easy thing to say, I, I can't do this boring thing that I don't want to do because it hurts my back. So I'm out, you know, I was like, yes, in my mind, I was like, I'm kind of glad it hurts because it, my back doesn't hurt doing anything else except this awful, boring thing that I didn't want to do anyway. Yeah, I I salute runners because I also found it to be absolute torture. And at a certain point, yeah. I just stopped getting any better. And I could run about five miles without stopping. But every step, I was one more step, one more step, one more it's step, awful. one so more awful. step for five miles. <laughs> it was a triumph of will was what it was. Um, so they get on to, I think, what was supposed to be the top story yesterday, which is about Zoe, the eight-pound Bichon dog that was snatched by an eagle while um, the owner's brother was dog-sitting it, uh, which is just terrible, terrible. If that was me, if I was dog-sitting my brother's dog and an eagle came down and took it away, <laughs> I, know, it's so I would feel so terrible. And they talk about how much responsibility he should accept for this because, I mean, what's he supposed to do? If an eagle swoops well, down and grabs the dog, nothing. It's not his fault, but I would still feel so guilty. Well, there may be a circumstance where he is partially to blame because, you know, we have um, – we we live on a street called Hawk Drive. And one of the reasons it's called Hawk Drive is because there are hawks everywhere. They sit on the uh, telephone lines. Um, they sit on the on the power poles or whatever. And, you know, it's it's a – cliche but they are watching the area like hawks they're watching yeah. it like a hawk and if our six pound kitty got out in the yard um i have no doubt she'd get snatched up yeah. um and taken away so but if you have a dog who needs to go out to go to the bathroom uh you need to stay right by that dog yeah because the 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 bird won't come down if you're right next to the dog so that may have been the procedure with the owner and the dog sitter. The brother didn't know this. Mm-hmm. And so it left the, the, the animal vulnerable. But the the other thing I will say is I, I disagreed with the language the guys used, particularly Luke on this. He kept saying that the eagle stole the dog. <laughs> no, that eagle didn't steal the dog. That eagle hunted the dog <laughs> successfully. <laughs> I well, mean, you got to take it from the eagle's point of view. This is a successful hunt. You don't steal nothing. Uh, don't feel guilty, eagle. Aw. Uh, eagle's just doing what eagles do. But <clears throat> Exactly. Just... Mike defends eagles. <laughs> eagles be eagling. Well, it all all's well that ends well because they um, put out a cry for help on Facebook and a neighbor actually found Zoe, you know, shivering and traumatized but alive and she don't want to go outside no more (laughs) (laughs) they got to get her one of those puppy pads and she can pee on those yeah yeah and there's a company there's a company on shark tank that would sell they'd sell pieces of of, uh, patches of actual grass that they would deliver every couple weeks to your house for Mm -hmm. your you know so your dog in your high rise could poop on actual grass (laughs) and and luke is just frankly amazed that the eagle could lift eight pounds um, no, that's no. not too amazing. Mm-hmm. They're pretty no. big. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, I'm going to skip over the James Franco and Tommy Wiseau talk because it's not that interesting. The Tommy Wiseau is a weirdo. That's 
What well, he took five to. minutes to decide whether he wanted to talk about it, which would have been a great pre-show conversation. Right. Uh, there's also some Twitter talk that uh, I won't be discussing at this point other than Andrew. I'm uh, scared of Twitter. I can't <laughs> turn on my phone. Andrew started following Broadcast Coffee again after Barry publicly shamed him. You go, Barry. Oh, I love it. Uh, then we get to, to a go. section of my notes where uh, I wrote down... Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore was extremely beautiful. <laughs> Get smart. Gilligan's Island, McHale's Navy, Beverly Hillsbury, Hillbillies, A did not like. Hogan's Heroes, both not into. Mash, L felt his first sense of despair over that show and song. Dot, 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 movie talk. And Andrew hates injection scenes. I'm not sure how long that took, but it felt like forever when I was listening to it. Um, they go to emails, but before they even read the emails, which is the subject of toilets, uh, Andrew goes back to um, uh, the, the idea of waking up on the toilet and talks about how when he was a kid, he used to go and sit on the toilet and try to go back to sleep using the toilet paper roll as a pillow. <laughs> I have used toilet paper rolls as pillows many, many, many times. That was uh, in prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. In uh, when I was wait awaiting trial, <laughs> you would get some toilet paper rolls and and wrap an extra shirt around there. That's why you tried to to keep your extra shirts on laundry day so that you could make yourself a pillow. So, yeah, I'm in the toilet paper club. Sure. Luke says that he put some Trump toilet paper that Carrie got him in the guest bathroom at their house, kind of as a joke. And one of Carrie's cousins used that bathroom and got upset that Luke doesn't necessarily know whether it was because he's a Trump supporter or because it was about a respect for the president, regardless of who the president is. And he says that it was a more overt political statement than he intended to make. I think it's just hey. about the right amount of overt, Luke. I think you probably intended that. Yeah. Uh, they... I used to uh, I used to be someone who would, because, you know, I generally am more liberal. I don't belong to a political party. But um, having, having um, worked in D.C. for a while and meeting some of these people, you know, Bush and Dole and all these guys, um, you know, I always thought you you do need to have some respect for the office. Um, but I've, I've turned around on that with this particular president because he doesn't have any respect for the office. Right. Yeah. So fuck him. And yeah, bring on and the toilet wipe paper. your shit on his face. Yeah, yep. exactly. But but if, if you can't turn on Twitter in the morning without without your delicate self being upset, um how, how about looking at Trump every time you go into the bathroom? I don't, yeah. I don't want that. Bullshit. Um, they get to the actual email that they were supposed to read 10 minutes before they started this part of the conversation. Um, I don't think they gave the emailer's name, but her she said her boyfriend does the same thing that Luke does, spends lots of time in the bathroom, especially in the morning. And he grew up in a very big family. And the only time he could have privacy was in the bathroom. So she wonders if that could be part of it since Luke grew up in such a big family. And he says, yeah, that could be mm-hmm. a privacy thing. He also wonders if it could be a gender thing. And I think that that could possibly be a thing because I'm not interested in spending a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah. Who I knows? think more guys than women are into mm-hmm. that. Maybe scene, it's a fiber yeah. thing. Maybe you guys are just eating too much meat. I don't know. 
Then we get an email from Summer that I thought was wonderful about shame eating. And her husband is insisting that they do a no-carb diet for three weeks to prepare for his holiday party. I don't know. Well, how about let's do a no-sex thing for three weeks, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. And uh, after taking her child to school, she ended up going to McDonald's and getting a buttermilk chicken sandwich, fries, and a root beer, otherwise known as a number four, and sitting in the car outside her kid's school in direct contravention of the no-carb decree. I love you, Summer. That was amazing. If I could stand, I'd give you a standing ovation. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That leads him to talk about the kind of, uh, I guess, things that Carrie eats and the things that um, she does because of her high metabolism. She just has no need to be on her grind or any of that stuff. And um, uh, let's see, Andrew asked Luke, what would you trade for Carrie's metabolism? And the answer that Luke comes up with is three fingers. He would trade three fingers (laughs) to be able to eat whatever he wanted and not think about it. And I thought about this really hard because like Luke, I have a lot of food issues, including like sort of obsessive thoughts about food. Uh, He talked about um, disordered eating and how he practices disordered eating. And I totally do that too. Um, I would give up any musical talent that I have if I could have Carrie's Hmm, metabolism. Really? I would. And you, you, you have a surplus of musical talent and that's a big give. Yep. Uh, But you wouldn't have to give up your appreciation of music. No. That Just, would be that would be even tougher, I think. I'd give that up too. Let me tell you what. My entire wow. life has been spent struggling with my weight and with food. I would give it up in a okay. second if I could have Carrie's body and her metabolism. I I would give up both of my feet. And <laughs> so there's my goddamn cheeseburger. Because as Luke says, it would just be a relief not to think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they end the show in a very meandering way. They talk about this Tanya Harding song from Sufjan Stevens. Uh, then they swerve onto Nirvana smells like teen spirit, but transposed into a major key. I don't understand why that's so fascinating to both of them because they come back to it later in the week. But I don't even remember exactly how this episode ended because it just got so disjointed. So let's just go to Thursday. Yep. Okay, Thursday, 2553, bonking on brain juice. Um, they, they open the show talking about the drops that they're using from the animated series Big Mouth, which you mentioned earlier. Um, and Luke uh, has an aversion to the show because he hates animation. He doesn't like animated shows as an adult. So um, they go into uh, talk about how they've secured the van for the 10th anniversary and Luke's only suggestion for the name of the um, the 10th anniversary is the Pod Podtan Death March, which Andrew is really trying to get him away from. I kind of um, like so it. The, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I, I mean, eno- enough time has passed. You know, we it can be comedy, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's been almost <laughs> 70 years. Yeah. Come on. Let's have some fun with it. I mean, we've been waiting so long to, to make jokes. <laughs> there, are, How many veterans are still alive to be offended by this? Not so, many. Not many. A very small handful. And they, I bet they don't even know how to download a podcast. It's just Doris. Um, so as long as you don't play it while you're jogging by, 
you're fine. Right, right, right. Don't play it out of your car while you're driving by Doris's house and she has that giant horn up to her ear. Um, uh, they rejoin the show from their ad with the uh, Beach Boys. For some reason, um, they start talking about the movie Clueless and uh, the song Rolling with the Homies. Oh, boy. Uh, Andrew's been looking into some sleep deficit research. Um, or, or no, some sleep research, which, which, uh, confirms that your body will eventually need to get that sleep that you, you are in sleep debt. And I thought this was just the blinding glimpse of the obvious. Right. Sleep debt is cumulative. (laughs) If you miss 36 hours, say, because you're doing a 24 hour show, then you can't just sleep an eight hour night and be fine. Right. Right. It's going to get you. Eventually. So that's why this is such an interesting thing, especially, I mean, uh, I share Andrew's fear about because, because he's going to be nervous and Mm -hmm. his reaction to nerves is not being able to sleep. So yeah, he's going to be up way longer than Luke. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's probably worse if he like medicates himself, you know, because he's going to get some real bad drugged or, or alcohol sleep. And that's, that's not going to help. So you know, he might just need to white knuckle this whole thing, which is tough. And I was pretty irritated. And I'm sorry if this is one of our listeners or, or some of our listeners, but it seems like there's been at least a couple, if not three, um, listeners who are expecting Luke and Andrew to go out and do something after this right thing. Right. Please stop. <laughs> if they do, just embrace them and try to hold them up and, and do it, you know, help help them out. But... Please don't expect one goddamn thing from them. I mean, they should be able to walk off that stage without even talking to anybody after this Mm -hmm. thing is over because this is brutal. And we know from the Austin live show that, you know, everybody wants to talk to them. Everyone wants to get a piece of them. But um, please be respectful for what they've been through. This isn't the Austin show. They They didn't get any sleep the night before or probably the night before that. So, you know, let them let them just wave and and climb into a car and get taken home to sleep. So, yep. that's, you know, I, I think it was probably uh, an ambitious but questionable decision to do a 24 hour uh, podcast and couple it to the 10th anniversary show. I mean, I understand why they, why they did mm-hmm. it, but, uh, but yeah, they, they're going to be so tired that asking them to socialize afterwards with us is just not uh, feasible. So, I, I mean, it would have been nice if they decoupled those events and uh, been able to socialize properly with the fans for the 10th anniversary, but that's not how they chose to do it. So there we go. Ambitious but questionable should be the LRB yeah. podcast Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, I think we, um, we've we talked many times about them maybe doing a 24-hour thing for the TBT Elethon, but... Uh, you know, I I always envision there being like, um, like they get a three hour break while Camaro, Kev, and and mm-hmm. Jaren or whatever like take over, or we do an hour where we break down how many, you know, how, you know, how terrible the show was because that's what we do, right? <laughs> um, yep. and so- and just to say to put this uh, as a mobile event as well i always pictured the 24-hour show as them being in a location but to take this on the road is just uh yes ambitious but questionable pretty much covers it 
Well, speaking of ambitious but questionable, Luke takes a uh, a CBS Sunday morning gig for the day following yes. the 10th anniversary show. He worries so much about his appearance. He's going to look like crap. Now he's going to get that men's manly men's <laughs> eye cream for men. Yep. He'll take care of everything. We should bring him some to the show. Just hand it to him. That's right. You're going to need That's this. That's true. He's going to need yeah. three. Caleb, if you're going to the show, bring, bring Luca. Little uh, travel size. Yeah, just bring him some of that and some cocaine because he's also going to need to be awake. <laughs> <laughs> right, but he, you know he's he's got to he's got to get down there. That cheese isn't going to monger itself. So story of my you, life. Luke. <laughs> true, true. The cheese must be mongered. <laughs> um, I think I've already talked about this next note. So uh, they play Starship, which always makes me angry. Uh, probably the worst band in history. Um, wow! At least the worst, the worst, the worst frequently played band. Right. In history, there are plenty of worst Most bands annoying. that don't break, but Starship right. slip, slip one past right. the goalie on that one. Yeah, Grace Slick. Uh, yeah, she's the uh, Winona Ryder of music. Uh, like, why do people keep giving this person chances? I don't get it. Then they play Mike and the Mechanics, Silent Running. Uh, then there's talk of the uh, apocalypse, as described in the song. Andrew had sound, what sounds like one of those menacing squirt guns um, that anyone's ever seen. And had it been in the hands of a young black man, it probably yep. w- wouldn't be talking on a podcast mm-hmm. right Correct. now. Um, Luke uh, actively listened to Monday Night Football. I don't know what that uh, what that means. Um, they read some YouTube comments about the uh, silent running song and uh, and they suck, of course. But Luke does make a good point: is that that song really does sound like a coast to coast bumper? Mm-hmm. If it they're does. not already using it, they they need to start. A listener heard it played at at Safeway, and yeah, right. That's pretty pretty dark and. Andrew wonders if there's if there's some sort of um, channel or place where you can find all grocery store music. I will point out that CVS Bangers has been around for a long time, and it is absolutely <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Turn on CVS. Go look for CVS Bangers, uh, and you will not, not be not entertained. Um, okay. Uh, there's... They're doing the donors, and uh, they they talk about um, the goat farmer is a dazzling donor. The goat farmer that I think um, that Luke did the story with, uh, and he he can't pronounce Megan, and it drives me nuts. Megan, like magazine, it makes me fucking crazy. Megan drinks milk while she reads magazines in Vegas, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas, whatever the fuck he says. I guess Vegas. that's the Philly in him coming out, mm-hmm. but oh, not, that's probably the only verbal tick that he has that drives me crazy. Oh, it's not a tick, but when he says woke or on his grind, those things drive me crazy too, but um, those he can help, I think. Uh, Naomi is name-checked because they talk about um, the Sunday morning experience. Um, top story, Radiohead suing Lana Del Rey over a ripoff of the song Creep. This is the longest discussion of the week that has been had many times before on the show. Um, 
basically Andrew's bummed out uh, that people can't use each other's music without um, getting sued and wonders where's the financial harm of a new song being popular, having borrowed from an old song, which is probably not moving off the shelves anyway, which is a good point. But I would argue that uh, you're stealing prestige. Mm-hmm. Like like that person wrote the song and any any appreciation of that song should be traced to that person, you know, because part of the reason you get into music besides, you know, meeting chicks is to be famous and to have a lot of people hear your music. And when you hear your music out of someone else and it's getting appreciated and played on the radio, even though they wouldn't be playing yours, you have, that has to piss you off and you have to feel like that's, there's something there um, mentally that deserves some sort of compensation. I'm looking at you, Goche or Gotche or whatever the fuck. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew does a mashup of a Bittersweet Symphony. Um, Luke gets obsessed with Free Jack and plays clips of uh, plays clips of. Uh, I'm annoyed Mick at you. Dagger. You erased what? the magnificent rant note that I put in here. What's <laughs> you that? somehow deleted that about the uh, Rolling Stones' Bittersweet Symphony. Um, music intellectual property rights theft thing and so they're listening you know to the original stones version of whatever that song was i forget and then they listen to the orchestral interpretation of it and then they listen to the bittersweet symphony and luke's like i don't see it i don't notice it and i was like are you fucking kidding me of all these songs you talked about this is the clearest example mm-hmm. note for of note. lifting one from the other. I mean, you want to talk about uh, the Robin Thicke blurred lines or whatever. Uh, that was marginal. The Sam Smith one, marginal. This was blatant. This was the whole entire melody that Mick Jagger mm-hmm. is singing. And Luke's like, I don't hear the part that they lifted. I'm like, are you deaf? He is no longer allowed to comment on music plagiarism if he cannot see the relationship between those two songs. Oh, also, back to the other day when Andrew was trying to decide which version of playing and he said, should I play the one in D or should I play the one in EB? That was when my head hit the desk. (laughs) Andrew. (laughs) I still see your rant. And I had the same... The same cringe when he said EB, but I... No, that's the new rant I wrote. That's not as good as the old rant was. (laughs) And with a rant. How could could he not hear that? How could he not hear that? They don't know what they're talking about. They just don't. Correct. They can be music appreciators, but I don't think that they should try to get into any even marginally technical details with music anymore because it makes them look foolish. Well, I am, I mean, although I totally hear that, um, heard that ripoff, I am in their, I am of their ilk, I guess is what I want to say is I have really no understanding of music other than it, it's terrible. It sucks. But Anne, my um, question for you is the level of ignorance they they have for music. Are you willing to live with that level of ignorance if you can eat whatever you want? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> because that's what you would be. You would be Luke and Andrew on music. Yeah, you'd be a, you'd be a lummox like me and Luke and Andrew when it comes to I'm, music. I'm willing. I'm willing to take that. Wow. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I have a really great uh, relationship or feeling about Bittersweet Symphony because it is the Seahawks run out song and, and, you know, just being at those playoff games with my brother and they're playing it and get tears to my eyes. So, Aww. yeah, but you said yeah, you were going to so stop doing that. The, so, this is the part of the show where I, I get tears to my eyes. Uh, there's a email about the, the, the seat shifter, the seat relocation guy. Um, and, uh, and this is this when I got most angry in the week. This show was another very long show, and Andrew, right when we think when we think we're out, when we think we're getting out of here. He goes, "I know we need to get out of here," and then but. I he made one more point or whatever. But I was so angry, like all I could hear in my ears was my own blood boiling. So I don't have any idea what that point was. <laughs> It's not in my notes. I know we need to get out of here. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. That's it. Uh, with that. <laughs> Friday, number 2554, David from the Burns Mint. I'll try to get through this quickly since we also are running long. Uh, Luke, yes, is at Andrew's, are. Luke is at Andrew's house because they're going to set up what they call a war room for the 10th anniversary show. And they have lots to do. And they might be working some long nights. They're worrying about potential disasters like i don't know van rollovers in the past uh so i'm glad they're thinking about that stuff but you know maybe if they were going to do this roving um show maybe they should have done it in the summer i don't know yeah uh, and andrew- get a really tall vehicle and drive it through <laughs> through an icy pass yeah andrew wants to know if luke is an order muppet or a chaos muppet I went back, uh, I wasn't really familiar with this. I had to go back and read the article on Slate, which is just kind of silly, although I suppose that the underlying thought in it is is sound. And I think you're an order Muppet and I'm a chaos Muppet. I think that's the, that's the. uh, That makes sense. That's how it breaks down. That makes sense. Um, Andrew, of course, is an order Muppet. Uh, Luke takes a very uh, roundabout way to answer this, a long and roundabout way. He says, Susie is the original Chaos Muppet, which I'm sure we all know. Um, And he gets a lot of that from her. But he says as he gets older, he feels less anxious when he feels that things are more under control. So it's kind of pushing him down the spectrum towards a little bit more of Order Muppet. But he says he allows his chaos to run free when there's somebody else there that he knows will assume more responsibility, which I think is unfair to those of us who are the ones stuck (laughs) assuming the responsibility for him. We love Um, you, Anne. We love you, Jen. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The top uh, story for the day is some of the new gadgets that were at the CES show. Is that redundant? It's the Consumer Electronics Show. That is for uh, yes. Yep, that was in Vegas this week. Excuse me, Vegas. Luke uh, says <clears throat> that he is a techie who just won't admit that he's a techie. Everybody else knows that, Luke. You don't have to admit it. Some of the new products that he likes, the Somnox, which is the world's first sleep robot, which is a pillow that you hug and has makes sounds white noise and kind of pulses to align your heartbeat and andrew says that uh, theo performs this function for him so he does not need (laughs) a somnox yeah that's that's very cute um i looked up all the prices on these this pillow is a seven hundred dollars so far 
Uh, they talk about the Ibo robotic dog from Sony, uh, which I do not understand. Either have a pet or don't have a pet. But how could anybody get attached to a robot pet? But, I, you know, I guess that's me. That's going to be a $1,700 plus the monthly subscription fee. That's where they get you. It's doesn't, the razor blade. It doesn't business. vomit on the rug. Yep. Though. Yep. I <laughs> guess. I'll give it that. Doesn't shed. Doesn't run away. Doesn't vomit on the rug. Uh, Luke thinks it's cute, but would it be weird for Rudy to have a robot dog there? I don't think Rudy would know that it was supposed to be a dog. Correct. If the thing dispensed snacks, she would love it. (laughs) Right. Uh, One of the drawbacks is that it only has two hours of battery time before it would have to recharge. However, that would Mm. work. I wonder, could you get a robot cat that just ignored you but pooped Rudy snacks? (laughs) Gross. Uh, Luke says he probably he would get attached to the robot dog, though. Um, personally, the most distasteful thing to me is the Kohler Numi toilet, which somebody on the Facebook characterized as a clapper for your crapper, which made me laugh. And this is going to be a smart toilet that is connected to the Internet and will work from voice commands to flush or whatever. Luke really likes the design. I looked at it. I thought the design was the ugliest part of it. And also on their websites, it's the photography is just ridiculous because it's like this square toilet sitting in an empty room in a house that has glass walls to this beautiful vista. And there's like this bored looking, beautiful 20 something woman in a dress standing there and then a bored looking 20 something guy like sitting on the floor with his legs stretched out in front of it. I'm like, Oh my God, you, you are gotta be kidding me on this. Oh, okay. This toilet, I, I imagine a scenario like I'm just thinking of like my dad's house because he has get togethers and holidays every year. And there's a lot of people there and they're the bathroom is right there with like a wood floor in there. And then not only do you have to go in there and do whatever business you have to do, but now you got to bark out commands that everyone is standing three <laughs> feet away in the kitchen can hear, you know? They, now everyone knows what your bidet preferences are. Right. Numi, flush. Flush again. Let's oh, try God, this Numi. once more. <laughs> Numi, swallow, swallow, swallow. Oh, God. Um... Andrew's worried about the loss of privacy. He doesn't want his, his pooping habits to be known to the world. Uh, but yeah. Luke says, what if some point in the future your toilet can analyze your feces and tell you how you're doing or let you know you have cancer or whatever? Make a doctor's appointment for you. <laughs> Just, ooh boy. He says, we're already using our phones as, as health tools anyway. And eventually... You have a 3.30 with Dr. Johnson on Wednesday. <laughs> Yuck. I'm not going to be buying one of these toilets anytime soon. Uh, it is $6,650, so that's not even one of the major reasons I won't be buying it. Uh, Luke mentions the Foldamate uh, laundry folder, which is $980, which is still better than the Laundroid, which comes at, at $16,000. But when I was reading about the Laundroid, it sounds better because you're actually are supposed to like throw 30 to 40 items in there and it will apparently sort them and fold them all on its own except for socks it can't fold socks but the uh the foldamate you have to put each shirt or whatever in individually and then stand there while it does its thing so do people not know they can take their laundry to a laundromat and have people do it for them you know, do you not know that? I was I mean, just about to say the same thing. $16,000. You could hire someone to come to your house and do your laundry and fold it for you and put it away for several years for $16,000. Yeah. 
Right. Yep. And you might have, they might be a delightful person. You'll get, you know, you'll make another friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, they talk about this company, Razor, which has something called Project Linda, which uh, when I read about it, it's called a lap dock, which Luke never actually said. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, essentially just a, a larger screen and a keyboard that you can stick your phone into so that you can type and do work like a big boy instead of on your phone. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, I could see that. It's, I don't know, it's one more piece of tech that you have to carry, but whatever. There is yeah. no price right now because it's still in prototype mode. So I saw something that said maybe three to 500 euros. I didn't take the time to convert that, but that gives you a general, not that expensive. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, they revisit the Bernie Kosar Bernie, song. Bernie. No. <laughs> don't do this to me <laughs> because Andrew of course was so captivated captivated by the Bernie goes our song that he found an article all about it that he reads basically the entire thing of on the show and we the find first out article that- he's actually read uh, <laughs> right. before opening the mics <laughs> he finds out that it was made at a Great Lakes mall kiosk uh, back in the 80s or whenever the Browns were last good uh, they sold 25,000 copies, and uh, they call themselves the Bleacher Bums, their one and only hit. Um, At this point, Luke and Andrew display a lot of ignorance about fair use law and parody rights as they're talking about Weird Al and how does Weird Al get all the rights to his songs and he doesn't have to pay for them. Well, Weird Al doesn't have to pay for it, but he asks for permission out of courtesy. Nobody has to ask for permission to to do a parody song, guys. Um, They talk about this Wiz Khalifa black and yellow song, which is for the Steelers. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Which Mm -hmm. was then repurposed into an embarrassing sports song for the Seahawks. I would just like to say to all of you sports fans, you're embarrassing yourselves. These (laughs) songs are embarrassing. I know you love your team. But you're embarrassing yourself. We have talked long enough that I am not going to talk about my childhood memories of the Bills make me want to shout. But I just told you enough that you can probably sing the whole song to yourself. Thank heavens for small blessings. And um, we end the regular show with some fond reminiscences to the original, not original, but original to TBTL sports supporter song writer ked woodley and all his Panthers nope, songs nope 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 <laughs> nope we'd rather listen to bernie bernie all day and all night long rather than that fucking moron correct he's got that panther scream down pretty well he does that's that true. okay that's very true the second one they played that his friend did the rapping oh nelly <laughs> brutal <laughs> whoa that was bad yeah he made ked woodley you know look, look like competent. Kendrick Lamar. Yep. Uh, music for your weekend. Luke wants a Kurt Vile song. Uh, Pretty Pimpin'. I put a note here that says, Luke, if you're too squeamish to actually say the name of the song aloud, then you shouldn't be playing the song. Because you say Pimpin' doesn't mean that you've ever done any Pimpin' or endorsed Pimpin'. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Andrew picks David Byrne. Everybody's coming to my house. And from Cheryl, we get Morrissey spent the day in bed, which is something I would like to do. <laughs> Soon and soon. <laughs> Mike, I put my name on housekeeping, but if you would give me the introduction, then I'm going to bolt through it so that we can keep this under two hours. Housekeeping! <laughs>
Buy stuff from our store, littleredbandwagon.com. Buy the merch. Buy all the merch. Keep archiving for us. Buy stuff on Amazon at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and we might talk about it on the show. Earbuds and Earworms this week is doing fantasy songs, Dungeons and Dragons inspired, Ooh. so nerd out, full on out. If only there was a show somewhere where you could nerd out about the things that you nerd out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. But anyway, everybody mm-hmm. nerds out about. you can do it this week on Earbuds and Earworms. Get involved by finding us at littleredbandwagon.com and throwyourphone.com on Facebook, on Twitter, we're at LRB Podcast. Our email address is littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and text messages can be sent to 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, I will get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Anne. Nailed it. Anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot!